a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to have kept him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent, so that any favour you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you could have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him to you, as you would welcome me. If he's done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the wonder of your word. Your word is life. And I ask, Lord God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would reveal to every heart here this morning your word, what you have for each one of us. In Jesus' precious name I ask it. Amen. This book I've split into three. I wanted to do a character study on three people in this book. 
The first one is the writer, who is Paul. The second one is the recipient, Philemon. Philemon. And the third is the taker of this letter back to Philemon, which is Onesimus, the slave. So first of all, Paul. What do we learn about Paul from this? Well, the first thing that you may notice is that it says that he's in prison and he's in chains. It's not a prison like many Roman prisons would be. He's actually under house arrest. Uh, So he would be chained. He would have guard outside and he would be severely restricted in his movements and what he can do. Did you notice it also says that he's old? Paul himself says, I am old. He is awaiting trial. And he doesn't know what the consequences of that are. So if you like, he could be a very worried, frustrated man because he's been so used to travelling all over so much of the world teaching the gospel and here he is very much restricted it's not all bad news because he has got some really good people around him he's also got his friend Luke with him and Luke is the guy who is writing this letter and most of the other letters which Paul uh, dictated. The letter is going to Philemon and Philemon lives in a city called Colossae. Colossae is located in the area now we know as Turkey. Paul never went to Colossae. He went to a nearby city of Ephesus. And in Ephesus, he spent three years teaching, telling people the good news of Jesus Christ and discipling many. And one of those was a guy called Epaphras. And Epaphras so caught up with the passion that Paul had for Jesus that he then went to Colossae and a couple of other places as well and spoke the gospel there. And what happens? Many people were saved. Even though Paul is restricted, he writes a letter to Philemon. He writes a letter to the church in Colossae. His letters include many words of encouragement, correction and teaching. And it's interesting that Philippians 
Uh, sorry, is Philemon is really radical, and I'll explain why in a moment. Are we, in our lives, feeling restricted? Feeling that we don't have freedom? Are we deflated? Are we defeat, feeling defeated? Unable to do anything useful? Because Paul could have felt like that, but he didn't. Why didn't he? God gave Paul a passion for the lost. God has given each one of us a passion who know Jesus Christ as our saviour. Is there anything in your life and my life, and I'm challenged by this, that is keeping you ineffective? Are you feeling deflated, defeated, hemmed in by all your circumstances, limited by your excuses. I went to a um, weekend conference uh, some years ago and one afternoon this chap was wheeled in in a wheelchair. He could not move. His head hung to one side like that. And to my surprise, they actually wheeled him up to the front and gave him a microphone. His name was Frank Gamble. I don't know whether any of you here would know Frank Gamble. Do you want to raise your hand if you've ever heard of Frank Gamble? Two, three, hey, four, five, great, six. He was a, an amazing man. He lived in my neck of the woods where I come from London and he was uh, in Watford. And uh, he was probably one of the early uh, New Frontiers people. Um, when New Frontiers was called Coastlands, that's where he was. And uh, then it changed to New Frontiers. And um, so he was a pioneer. But his church was huge. And I remember that he used to have special meetings in Watford Town Hall. Um, really, really. Uh, encouraging people to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Something that wasn't really taught very much in those days. And Frank was, I listened to Frank for an hour and a half that afternoon at this conference. And he was just amazing. He told the most f funny jokes that I think I've ever heard a preacher tell. And he had such a passion for the word of God that everybody walked out of there fired up, really on fire for God because of his passion. Now that man, we later learned, um, he was staying at the hotel where we were and his wife, bless her, um, used a crane type thing to get him into bed. 
But when he got into bed, he was still in the same position that he had been when he was sitting in his chair, his wheelchair. And she had to massage his legs in order for them to be straightened, to massage his arms for them to go down by his side. And the poor man was in absolute agony while she was doing that. If that had been me or that had been you, would you have carried on with your passion or would you have given in and just stayed in bed? It's a challenge. How much are you desiring to follow the passion that God has laid on your life? Let's look at Philemon. I would say that he was reasonably prosperous. It mentions at the beginning of the chapter that in fact uh, there were two other people who uh, Paul sends greetings to. Uh, And it most probably that the uh, lady Aphia was in fact his wife and Archippus, a soldier for Christ, was possibly his son. Why do I say that? Well, it says to the church that meets in your home. Well, your home means the home of each of those three people. So might not be definite, but it probably is that each of them was uh, wife and son of Philemon. We know that Philemon had slaves. Now, Slaves were bought, so therefore he wasn't necessarily poor. He would probably have been a merchant. And he obviously had a reasonably large house, because we read that the church met in his home. He was a man who was strong in faith. And Paul encourages him. He says, that's great. And I want to encourage you because you've got a real gift of pastoral care. You have a love for all the saints. Have you got a love for every person here? Have I got a love? For every person here. Paul encourages him to be active in sharing his faith in order that he would gain a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I puzzled about that verse. If he's a man who's showing love to all the saints, And also it says uh, that his love has given Paul great joy and encouragement because he's refreshed the hearts of the saints. You know, gosh, he's a really, really good guy. But somehow Paul's saying, well, yes, but there's a but in there. I want you to gain a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. 
Faith isn't just sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It isn't just talking to someone about your own beliefs. Faith is a way of life. It's a motivation for us. In James chapter 2, verse 26, it says, Faith without works is dead. Or faith without action is dead. Our faith needs to be seen by others without us opening our mouth. As we walk around and see needy people, are our hearts touched? Are we even open to God touching our hearts? Or do we just pass them by and think, poor soul? Do we have a passion for helping those less fortunate than ourselves? I want to read uh, the, a couple of verses from the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians because it's relevant for what I believe he wants to say to Philemon. It's Colossians chapter 3. And verse 22. And it talks about slaves. It says, Obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favouritism. And then it goes on to say, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Let's go on to Onesimus. Onesimus is a slave. And in the Roman world, most slaves were captives taken from another country and then sold so that the Romans could use them or the local people could use them in order to um, help whatever business they were running. Slaves were treated extremely poorly. They had no human rights. And they were looked at as the lowest of the low. They had no standing. That's who Onesimus was. And... 
we read in verse 19 that Paul actually wrote these words. He says, I'm going to pay the debt for Onesimus. Many learned scholars believe that Onesimus had stolen from Philemon or he'd broken something valuable. And rather than wait and receive the consequences, he escaped and ran away. And he ran a long, long, long way away because Turkey and Rome are not next to one another. It's quite some distance. And there in Rome, he met Paul. And Paul told him all about Jesus Christ. And it made a huge impact on him. And he gave his life to Christ. Not only did he give his life to Christ, but he stayed with Paul, listening to him, learning from him. Paul was discipling him. And he became an extremely useful member of the team that Paul had with him. It's interesting that Paul uses the word useful. He goes on at one point in the letter to say that Onesimus had at one time been useless, but now he was useful. The name Onesimus, when it's translated, actually means useful. I wonder how Onesimus must have felt. He was going to take this letter back to Philemon and he knew that the penalty for slaves who stole and ran away was death. How would you feel about going into a situation like that? It's so like the gospel. In John 8 and verse 34, we're reminded that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We were all born in sin. So, therefore, we were all slaves. But we have been given freedom in Christ. We are no longer slaves. We're now free. We are now not a nobody who has no rights. We are now a somebody who has a hope and a future and a joy and a peace. No more worry. I wonder, and maybe you wonder, why is it that Onesimus had to go all the way to Rome to actually hear about Jesus. I have a theory. 
I have a theory that although Philemon was such a good man, he had no respect for his slaves. He didn't think of them in the same way that he thought of everybody else that was in the church. You know, there are quite a few verses that would indicate that Paul is very gently trying to say to Philemon, hey, come on, come on. Do you notice in verse 13, Paul says, I would have liked to keep Onesimus with me so that he could take your place in helping me. (laughs) Hang on a minute. You're comparing Onesimus with Philemon? Onesimus is a nobody. He's a slave. How can you compare him with the master? But you see, he is being compared with the master by Paul. Paul is really clearly saying, hey, a slave is a slave, but a saved slave is your brother. There's someone of standing. There's someone of importance. There's someone that you should love. There's someone that you should care for. There's someone that you should treat properly. Have you and dare I say this, ever thought, "Mm, I'm pretty good really. I do this, I do that, and I, but there are just certain people that, oh, no, I can't handle. I think we all do, don't we? But let nothing stand in the way of the passion that you have for Jesus Christ. And if anybody here this morning has come here and they know that they haven't got a faith in Jesus Christ, that they haven't got that wonderful sense of belonging to God's family, that wonderful sense of forgiveness for what they've done wrong. I would urge you, no longer be a slave to sin, but be a victor with Jesus Christ. Philemon had something to learn. I hope that we have something to learn from this book. It's a short book, but there's lots to take home with us. Are you feeling like a slave of no worth? Are you feeling like Philemon, that you're happy in the way that you are, but unfortunately you're missing something very important in your outlook and the way that you see people around you? Or are you, like Paul, 
not allowing yourself to be restricted in any way, shape or form in the passion that God has given you to serve him. Whichever one it is, I pray that God will really, really move you on and encourage you. In Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.